You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. As always, I'm Gandalf, joined by my two friends, Matt and Nathan Van Horn. Fellas, I hope you are doing wonderful today. Um, and we're going to discuss another 30 minutes of the biblical narrative. But before we get into that, listener, let me remind you that if you are not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that now. That way you have a notification every Tuesday morning when we release another episode. And I'll do you one better. If you want to, you can write to us at our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And I think that's that's the thing we value the most. We love hearing from you guys. We love uh, getting interactions, whether it be a criticism or praise or observation, whatever it is, we love reading them. Um, and on that note, um, we often say on the podcast, well, I don't say it, you two say it, that um, <laughs> the episodes are stronger when I'm speaking more. I, I don't know if I fully buy that, but that's what I've been told. We've said it multiple times, but I will flip the script on that one. And not just me speaking, but actually my mother wrote to us Hey-o. on our website. Yeah. So Great. shout out to my mom, Miss Gre- Greetings Vita to Savage. Vita. Yeah. <laughs> And Nathan, you're going to love this. Um, she she ends her message by saying that she loves you singing. So <laughs> That's a surefire way to get quoted on the show right there. Not only that, but she calls you Nate. So I don't know how. Oh, my gosh. Haley is. <laughs> I'm sure your wife her. will love that. Haley has corrupted her. Yeah. <laughs> but in this message, v- I think Vita, Vita, Vita stock rose really high for complimenting the uh, singing. And then it got bracket. Got brought right back down by calling me Nate. Um, Haley is trying to turn the world against me. I'm really uh, desensitive. Uh, I'm, you know, it, it's worn off. <laughs> let me let me restate that. Really, okay, go ahead. Uh, Haley has an agenda for everyone in the world to call me Nate. It used to ruffle my feathers, but now you know I'm a broke I'm a broken man. So what can I say? Um, <laughs> well, it's uh, this is actually what she wrote in. I think has relevance to the chapter we're in. And I guess the whole saga, the whole um, Isaac saga, because uh, my mom helps teach ESL as part of the ministry here at First Baptist Tupelo. And one of her students is a Muslim woman and they just get into conversations about the Old Testament. And we've mentioned several times that it's the, the phrase we hear over and over again is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? That's that lineage that we hear it's yeah. mentioned multiple times over and over and it will be continue to be mentioned and she points out that for her muslim student that it's abraham ishmael and jacob like there's a big significance because to them ishmael was the son who was going to be sacrificed instead of isaac hmm. interesting so, um so here we are and because we we kind of talked about we mentioned it last episode a little bit in between all the uh quote-unquote laughter discussion, we mentioned that most of the action 
that Isaac gets is like in this one chapter, he does not get as much uh, exposition as the other guys in that lineage. Not, not by a long, about? not by a long shot. And uh, by the way, when back in the day when I was um, working on my dissertation, uh, it, it I, I focused a lot on uh, how Paul uses Abraham, and and to appreciate that, I read about all the Abraham traditions, not only within uh, Judaism, Second Temple Judaism, Intertestamental Judaism, however you want to name that, um, in early Christianity, but also in in Islam, right? Um, mm. And it is interesting in Islam um, why the it highlights why twenty six is important in Islam. As you said, Isaac is not the chosen son; Ishmael is the chosen son, right? And we've we've focused mm-hmm. a lot as we've moved through the text on uh, the geography of the land, on like these geographical markers, like digging wells and planting trees, because very importantly in Islam. They're not going to the promised land. Ishmael and Hagar are taken by Abraham to Mecca. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like, that's the holy place, right? right. Um, and so it is interesting, if you're going to say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if Isaac doesn't get nearly the exposition, to use your wording, that Abraham and Jacob get, he doesn't have chapter, chapters and chapters and chapters of activity. Most of his activity is relative to being the father of Jacob and Esau, What's going on in this chapter that makes it so significant? Uh, not only what he does, but the significance of what he does in Genesis 26. And Matt, we were talking beforehand, and Matt had some really neat thoughts on some of that. Well, I heard it. Actually, I didn't hear it. I read a quote this weekend, and I'm trying to remember where it was. But uh, it was about the nature of what the Bible is, which is, is that the Bible is certainly more than literature, but it's certainly no less than literature. And that to me encapsulates a lot of what this podcast has been about is learning to see how the literature is, is laid out. So we have established through our reading very, very slowly. That's kind of our MO at this point (laughs) of reading through Genesis as Nathan just mentioned a few moments ago trees, water, seed. We've talked about the principle of Chekhov's gun. These are like foundational, fundamental uh, images that are going to be used throughout the Bible. And what's interesting to me is when we look at this short section on Isaac, all of the big images are crammed into the short space that Isaac actually gets. So even though he does not get a whole lot of real estate, so to speak, when it comes to place in the text of Scripture, all of the major images are placed in his life. And the the author of Genesis is not wanting us to miss that. And we're going to begin in verse 12 today, and we're going to read through verse 22. And I'm going to read today, and I want the listener, and of course uh, you all, uh to, to see what you can catch here that you can hear um, okay. from what we've heard so far, as always from the ESV. This is Genesis 26, 12 and following. And Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him and the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy. 
He had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants, so that the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are mightier than we. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Asik, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth. For now, saying, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we should be fruitful in the land. All right, as I read over that, what are the things that are jumping out to you two guys of the major images that we've talked about so far from Genesis? Well, you know, we, we've talked about it over and over again, how like it's easy to gloss over certain sections because they don't, seemingly don't have as much deep meaning as others. This is one of those, like I would have... Like before recording this podcast, I would have been tempted to just read through these verses just to get to, you know, the the Esau story. But uh, I see, I mean, this is water imagery. That's super big. Mm-hmm. Not sure. only that, but that's, um, we also see like planting imagery. We've seen that. Oh, uh, there Abraham. it is. Yeah, that's big. Like this is all very important stuff. Uh, what are other things, again, uh, Nathan, that you caught? Uh, just keeping in vain with what he says, the the closing uh, of the passage you read in 22, for now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Right. Oh, uh, the, in the land. The fact that, um, since he mentioned water, um, the fact that you have a reference to uh, spring water, literally living water, um, mm-hmm. in 19, and the fact that if you total them up... Um, Redigging uh, the well from Beersheba, uh, mm-hmm. and then the three additional wells, uh, Asik, Sitna, and Rehoboth, uh, you have four water sources. <laughs> right. Does that uh, sound and, like anything, Gandalf? <laughs> and now, and now a picture is starting to take shape. That sounds like a place we've read about before. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden. Tree it's, stars. So- Sorry, couldn't resist. It's a great valley. It's been a a long time. We're back. Sorry. (laughs) And we're back. Uh, So just as a reminder of what Eden imagery was for the ancient people, it's, it's an imagery of what life was meant to be like. And of course, that is lost by Genesis 3. But the rest of the Bible really becomes the story, especially beginning in Genesis 12 about how God is going to reestablish Eden on the earth. Yeah. And I feel like there's an incremental step here that um, I, I think about like Genesis 1, where the plant yielding seed, I'm thinking it's Genesis, isn't that 
Gen 1, 11, uh, plants yielding seed. Producing and, fruit uh, after their own kind. That's right. When I read in verse number 12, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. I did have this funny thought where I was thinking that uh, there's really not much of a reference to vegetables before the fall because vegetables are, are grown by the sweat of the human brow, but fruit trees just grow in the orchard. So that's why fruits taste so much better than vegetables. Mm. <laughs> but uh, well, and, but and anyway. when you when you don't have to work for the vegetables, it's not so bad. But when you labor in the garden and like and you get kale, you're like, okay, right. we are we are cursed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But what we do see is Isaac sowing, and uh, one of you guys mentioned when we were talking earlier. Uh, this is actually the third take of recording this thing. But when we were talking, my, we were my, talking, my fault, both of the other two times, I'll, I'll, I'll own it. Good. I'll own it. Yeah, it's 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 all good. Uh, verse 12, uh, sowed in the land and the same year reaped a hundredfold. Does that sound like anything like remotely similar to something well, it, in the New Testament? It, well, well, it reminds me of something in the Old Testament, too. Definitely the New Testament. But like even mm -hmm. the language of sowing, that's from Zerah, mm -hmm. which is the Hebrew word for seed, right? That's right. Uh, and this mm -hmm. is the promise to Abraham through your seed. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's picking up on how, you know, we've talked about this and that Jewish thing, uh, that Jewish tradition where God says, I will establish the world through Adam. And if things go horribly wrong, I'll start over with Abraham. Um, the Abraham family and the promises to Abraham's family are the means of reestablishing what went wrong with Adam's family. Um, and like, I, I, you see that and, you know, talking about the hundredfold, it immediately made me think of the, and this is not just any parable that Jesus tells, read the synoptic gospels. This is the parable that Jesus uses to explain his parables, right? Hmm. Uh, we call it the parable of the sower, but in, in, in the right. parable of the sower, the parable of the soils, the good soil yields, depending on which account you're reading and, and Mark, he, uh, says, uh, 30, 60, or 100-fold, and, and Luke, he goes straight to the 100-fold. you got to wonder when Jesus tells that parable about crops yielding a 100-fold, man, would they think about the promises in the land? Would they think would they about think Isaac being wealthy and prosperous, like that the 100-fold is a representation of, uh, is not necessarily a literal, hey, uh, it was scientifically counted out, but it is meant to express plenty well again and not just not just plenty from the sake of yes it says the man became rich and gained more and more until he became very wealthy but rich in the pursuit of the promises is, is what i'm That's thinking right. like I, isaac isaac doesn't have to again we don't have many isaac stories but isaac doesn't have to do much in order for the lord to be doing much through isaac um, so and uh, Another, uh, go ahead. Uh, well, I just, uh, this had nothing to do with anything I was saying, but uh, what's that word in verse 17, Matt? So Isaac. Uh, verse 17. Yeah. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the. <laughs> Grar. I just wanted to hear you say it. Okay. We're back. <laughs> we're, 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 I, we're I back. almost burst out laughing when Matt got there. I was like, no, I can't. I, I, can't. I noticed that no, none of y'all said anything. So I was Wait like, yeah, for we, it. we are Wait mature after all. Wait for it. Sorry. So, but also this story uh, taps into my childhood in a way 
uh, because the Isaac story about the wells was very instrumental in my development. And the reason is, is because my dad um, is, um, obviously I have a close relationship with my dad. He raised me, but early on, you know, I'm with him all the time. He was my transportation to and from school. And my dad had a Toyota, Toyota pickup with a cassette tape player. And he had a cassette tape of a country singer, songwriter named Paul Overstreet. Now, Paul Overstreet wrote a song called Dig Another Well. And this is one of my favorite songs from childhood. And the whole song is about a guy named Ike and his wells being filled up with dirt. And it's, it's talking about a man who was blessed. And then when his wells are filled up, instead of complaining about it, he goes out and he, and he just digs another well. So like the, the chorus is when the rains don't fall and the crops all fail, the cows ain't putting any milk in the pail. Don't sit around waiting for a check in the mail. Just pick up the shovel and dig it out of the well. Because Ike says at the end of the song, listen, God bless me once and he can do it again. Bless me once and he can do it again. This oh, song was hugely I, I, formational in my childhood. I, I don't know that I would have had the ears to hear as a child that Ike is a play on Isaac. Well, I didn't. My dad explained it to me. Oh, okay, so that I makes that makes me feel yeah. better. I was like, man, Matt is... What an insightful no, 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 no. child you were. <laughs> right. I, I envisioned a seven-year-old Matt Powell saying, is anyone else hearing echoes of Genesis 26 in this song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No, not uh, quite. No, Daddy had to explain it to me. Um, but uh, one of the things I don't want us to miss, though, is the names of the wells. By the way, on the way to school, my dad had us listen to Neil Diamond and Elvis, so not sure <laughs> okay. who got the better and worst of that deal. Uh by the way, and so Paul Overstreet is not really on the circuit of performers anymore, but he still writes a lot, or at least I think he does. He was just a few years ago. He's written a lot of songs for like Randy Travis and others. Um, but anyway, I'm just thinking thinking about my childhood. I'm going to send you all that song later. It's it's a good one. Um, it's going to be in the it, listener look in the episode description. We're going to put it in there. Yeah, Paul Overstreet, dig another well. Um, also, the names of the wells, Nathan, uh, would you help us on those meanings. Yeah. So, um, and again, it needs to be said because, you know, you're coming at the angle of this text of Abraham never owned any of the land except for the cave of Machpelah that he purchased. Right. Right. So you see the promise moving forward when Isaac begins to sow seed in the land. Right. Uh, and it's, and it's mm -hmm. neat. There's, there's bitterness over, um, Isaac's, uh, prospering. And so they, the Philistines, uh, with whom Abraham had previously dealt, Abimelech, um, they they fill in the well where an oath was made. Um, so, yeah. like they're setting themselves up as you know the bad guy. Um, Isaac digs another well. Asic Asic means contention. Mm. They they contended with him, so he digs another well. He, man, Isaac was a country music fan. He digs another right. well. Uh, and they quarrel over it. So he names it enmity, Sitna. Um, right. And then he moves on from there and he digs another well. Um, and they did not quarrel over it, you know, finally. Uh, and so he names it Rehoboth. And Rehoboth means um, like, uh, gosh, now I'm thinking country music songs. Wide open spaces. I don't know. Can we? Is that Dixie Chicks? Is it safe to quote them again? I don't know. Um, not getting political. Um, 
but yeah, Rehoboth essentially means broad places or open room. Um, no, you know, God has made room for us. Um, mm. <laughs> and, you know, another thing that I see here in the open room, wide spaces, the whole idea of being fruitful. We talked about this in our early episodes. The idea of Eden was that Eden would not stay just Eden. That ding, Eden would spread ding, to cover ding. the whole earth. And this new work of Eden that God is doing here, it's like he's got this. And by the way, how do you spread Eden? You take the seeds of Eden and grow those things elsewhere. You push its boundaries, boundaries you, and borders. You and, plant, and, you plant seeds and you dig wells. <laughs> that's right. Um, and man, and there's, man, there's so much, man, oh, we don't have time to go into it, but there's so much that points, uh, toward the new Testament in there. I'm thinking John chapter four, we talked about revelation beforehand, but just the expanding, expanding Eden, a lot more is happening than looks like it's happening. This is a very significant. And not only is he growing stuff, he's caring for animals. This is not hunting like Esau. This is caring for them. This is husbandry. Also, Edenic language there, man living in harmony with the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, had possessions. Managing of, creation. Uh, you're talking about he had possessions of flocks and herds and many serpents. Yeah. Uh, and they and envy it's that. Ultimately his herdsmen. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they envy that. Uh, and that's what causes the problem. Um, yeah, it, it's so, yeah, just a little flyover you know, story. Well, you and, know, and, and, and now I'm go ahead. It makes me want to correct something I, I said uh, before we started recording. Before we started recording, I was just talking about how Isaac doesn't get a lot of attention. Um, uh, but I said, you know, but I focused on, and it's the story after this, uh, starting in 23, where. Isaac gets up and goes to Beersheba and the Lord appears to him. But the point of 12 through 22 is not just that God deals with Isaac as he dealt with Abraham. In a sense, God deals with Isaac as he dealt with Adam. Like that's, that's, that's the bigger thing that's in play. Isaac is the new Adam in, in some senses here. Well, you're certainly, Um, you're certainly seeing the presentation of Isaac within that flow. Yeah, that's it. Um, certainly, certainly not as Jesus, we certainly yeah that's not not, not, not as, as we, we say Christ. Christ is a yeah yeah but so. it, it, he is a type that's what I meant by that statement yeah well, it's it's like poetry it rhymes <laughs> uh, well so he, this is a way marker and a trajectory that leads to Jesus and surprise surprise you know I, we talked about going to the New Testament uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman at uh, at the well uh, and it's just as much a desert climate in that day as it is in Isaac's day. Um, but, uh, you know, they're at Jacob's well and, uh, Jesus says, Hey, I know where the spring water is. I know where the living water is. That's Eden imagery. Um, that is the imagery of eternal life, but eternal life within their conceptual framework, their cultural encyclopedia is Eden imagery. And that's exactly where revelation goes with it. Um, so both in, both in the letter to the church at Ephesus, uh, to the one who overcomes, this is Revelation 2-7, I will give him the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of my God, and in the uh, Revelation 21 imagery, the, you know, the streams of living water, um, and there's a tree planted there. We'll come back to that. Um, man, there's so much here that goes together. So it's always more, not less. Yeah. So one of the things that, I, just as an illustration of what's going on uh, here. Uh, if when I say Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, 
Does that make any sense to anybody? Yeah, a few good Not men. To me. Yeah, a few good men. You can't so, handle the truth. Okay, you just so you just made the point. Jack Nicholson playing Colonel Nathan R. Jessup at the very end of the movie gets no more than maybe eight minutes of screen time. And maybe it's more, maybe it's less. The most pivotal line in that movie, the most memorable line in that movie is spoken by a character that doesn't get a whole lot of screen time. So just because there's not a lot there doesn't mean not a lot took place. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what we see here in the story of Isaac, especially when you see all of these Edenic imagery things crammed into two paragraphs uh it's 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 the author is wanting you to to know man big things are happening here yeah i agree um oaths and wells man if they would just plant a tree you can't miss it (laughs) well listener something that you can't miss if only you would subscribe is the better than fiction bible podcast because if you subscribe you're gonna get a notification every tuesday morning and not only that, but you will help spread the podcast farther by having it recommended to more people. Um, all these platforms that you guys listen on, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, anything like that, they recommend podcasts based off of people's interactions like liking and subscribing. So by doing that, you're doing yourself a service and you're doing us a service by um, telling the algorithm that this is worthwhile content. So go ahead and do that on whatever platform you choose. And if you're feeling extra spicy, maybe even give us a Apple Podcast written review. And as and of course, as we discussed at the beginning, writing in is always a great thing for us. <laughs> but until then, uh, you guys have a great week. All right. See you next a- time. Shalom. When Ike went out for his morning drink, he got a dipper full of dirt and his heart did sink. But he knew it was the devil, so he said with a grin. God blessed me once and he can do it again He blessed me once and he can do it again So when the rains don't fall and the crops all fail And the cows ain't putting any milk in the pail Don't sit around waiting for a check in the mail Just pick up the shovel and dig another well Pick up the shovel and dig another well